We are back again for Unedited Portland here, live in Northeast Portland from the Just Paid Rent Studios, aka my apartment, uh, in the shadow of the Rose Garden, which is apropos today, because we have my friend, Rob, but to all of you, free throw guy. How's it going, Rob? Doing well. How are you? Doing all right, man. This weather is uh, its carrying well into October. It is, and wanted to say thank you very much for having me today. Hey, no problem, man. Um, this is a Portland podcast. You are a Portland icon, if you don't know that. Um, you that st- is news to me, yes. You, you stand out at the games, um, probably one of the more recognizable Blazer fans. Yes. And um, I think, you know, Portland and the Blazers are kind of synonymous. Yeah, definitely. You know, when I think of Blazers, I think of Portland. When right. I think of Portland, I think of Blazers. Mm-hmm. And um, so I wanted to have you on here and uh, kind of preface this upcoming season we have. Yes. It's, uh, you know, going to be quite the season. Yeah. Um, are you are you excited about the preseason? Does that kick off, like, next week? or? Yeah, yeah. On the 10th, uh, we're playing in Ontario, California against the Lakers. Ontario, California. So yes. it's like a, an away game for them too. Right. Way. Yeah. So it's it's sort of a half home game. So I'm I'm hoping we could get you know half better. Are you, Are you considering going down and checking it out or? Uh, you know, I'm actually not. I'm gonna be uh, in San Francisco though next weekend to uh, see some NFL game. Oh, okay. The yeah. uh, 49ers. 49ers and the Giants from New York. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm not not doing too many of the away preseason games, but once we get this thing going regular season, I'll be you'll be there in catching the crowd. it, catching it. Well, definitely all of them here, but a few on the road as well. I'm planning on so far. That's good, man. All right, and that was getting us started. Was Larry Marshall uh, downtown rock crucial crucial dub style there? Um, so all right. So first of all, we usually kick this off by setting a biography of okay. my guest. So uh, the usual first question is: Are you? originally from portland yes uh i came into a family here in portland and uh i am been here basically my whole life i've i've lived a few places you know along the way but i'm definitely portland is my my home is your home all right well that's cool um it actually is kind of a rarity on this show even though the people i interview are portland icons a lot of them come from different locales yes no uh southwest portland area Raleigh hills my entire life that's uh, that's <laughs> cool. So so that in turn uh, creates this uh, love of our home team, the Blazers. There. Exactly. Yeah. No. There's there is. Well, I mean, up till you know, we got the Timbers as a professional franchise. franchise. Yeah. That uh, you know, if you wanted to see a, a sporting event that was of a the highest level possible, it was the Blazers. And you know, growing up, we were in that stretch where we went to the playoffs every year yeah so it kind of became uh you expected it it became an expectation it it got to it got to the point where yeah it was you know first round was not the the choice it was you know who are you playing in the first round and then who are you going to be playing in the second round right well and uh that's a lucky time i was at the time uh growing up in washington Mm -hmm. so the the sonics were a a franchise that existed the the who (laughs) <laughs> that team from up north. Oh, and the uh, Grizzlies is that right? <laughs> I know Vancouver. Right? That's that. That was right? a bigger a bigger rivalry, I'm sure. Oh, okay. you know when when Big Country came to town. Oh yeah, that was that was <laughs> quite the quite the time there. Um yeah, <laughs> um but uh, Reeves. 
but right yeah exactly he i saw him break a backboard during the uh final four in seattle in like 94 wow yeah totally it was during practice okay i was gonna say it probably wasn't a game and like i mean did he like fall into it or, no it, I mean, it was, was it... just up down power dunk and, power dunk, and, and it just broke the rim shattered it wow and it was in the uh the kingdom of all places okay. yeah there you go a little shout out to old school seattle yeah. but what safe else safe field yeah <laughs> safe go field <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Brought to you by Safeco today. Um, Sorry if that. No, yeah. no, you threw. Yeah, you totally threw just, me off, man. Because that's where it was. I mean, they demolished it. They did. The, they did. Yeah. They did. They blew it up. And they yeah. built two stadiums. Right. It, it gave birth to uh, Seahawks Stadium and Quest Field and CenturyLink, and I don't know what they're going to call it now. Right. But you know, uh, hey, speaking of that, isn't it nice that there's no official naming rights that are owned by the Rose Garden? I think that's great. And I know it's a topic of discussion. They always act like they're going to change that. Right. But it's. No, it's just, it's the Rose Guard. It's not the Nokia Rose Guard. The what? I know. Exactly. No, there's just two the two or- words and it's Rose and Garden. Orange Julius Rose Garden. Yeah. You know, no, it's the Rose Garden. And so. Um, Which can be, con- you know, confusing to some people as there is a, a, you know, the real Rose Garden. That actually has roses. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We don't even have, I don't even think there's any. Roses on site. At yeah. All. I don't even. Or if there were. <laughs> that's, that'd be an interesting. They're hidden. An, it's an, yeah, exactly. It'd be an interesting uh, experiment to go find out where where there are roses in the rose garden, right? Arena. Or or just on you know at the rose quarter at, at all, right? Yeah. Exactly. Maybe even get that rose guy that always goes to Dante's to walk around there. I think that would be a great idea. Sell, sell some roses. roses. He would make some money, right? He would. Rose garden. I don't know game if you day. can actually sell stuff on their property, oh, yeah. but on public property, I think you can do <laughs> whatever what, you want, what you like for uh, for donation. Right. Um, so, so the Blazers. What I was getting at was like the Sonics in that era. Yes. Were a perennial playoff team. Correct. The Blazers were a perennial playoff team. The Correct. Northwest was strong in basketball. Mm-hmm. And um, what's left now is the Blazers. And the last couple years have been kind of a struggle. Uh, two years ago, obviously, I got the uh, the sign from the playoffs against uh, the Dallas Mavericks, which was a good a good hard fought round. You know. Yep. Mm-hmm. But uh, ever since then, like last season was a little disappointing. Um, well, as soon as we made the trade on, uh, I believe it was March 15th, uh, for getting rid of Gerald and Marcus, then that was. We, I mean, we all knew at that point the season was, was done. Okay. And then so, in the firing of, uh, what did you think about McMillan as a coach? I actually had a lot more support for Coach McMillan than most Blazer fans. I mean,. The first thing I would hear from most people, you know, as we're, you know, going into a bad halftime or something, just standing out in the concourse was all about Nate and firing Nate and firing Nate and bringing in this other system, which now supposedly we have. And if that works out, that's going to be absolutely spectacular. But at the time, I don't necessarily think our roster was geared towards running. Or geared towards running through the entire game, maybe right. two to three minute spurts, or you know, we call a timeout and say, "All right, we're running for the next three minutes. It doesn't matter. We're getting possessions and going." Right. But Nate McMillan's ba- style of basketball is possession basketball, where I mean, defense. If, heavy the, if you know, in theory, if there was no shot clock, you score once and then get the ball back. And hold it for the rest of the game. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> no anticipation to try to score too much. Too no. high. Um, so, what do you think about this whole situation with Batum? How he he basically requested a trade, essentially during the the negotiations, and now he signed to a long term deal. Um, 
I think first off, it wasn't Nick requesting a trade. It was his agent requesting a trade and Nick agreeing with his agent that his agent's only going to do things that are in his best interest. Right. And if in his best interest means getting a higher dollar contract, then out of that situation, he's benefited himself and his family very, very well. Yeah. Okay. And so, I mean, there, there's the flip side of that too. I mean, uh, you know, he's taking up a roster spot with us. He is, you know, being paid a high dollar value, you know, so we need a lot of production out of him. Right. And, you know, we've, we've traditionally not had extremely good luck when we sign people to larger deals and, and it tends to backfire on us. Right. So, so there's, there's sort of a, a negative lineage there with, but there's also the potential that Nick's going to break that. Right. And, um, and I'm hoping that he, uh, he produces for us. I really do. I mean, with it, a strong Batum is going to help our team immensely. He's, he's, uh, he's hard to the basket. He's got a threat outside. Uh-huh. He's, um, he's basketball IQ is, is through the roof. Yes. Uh, you forgot his defense. And he's actually, he's a really good defender. Yeah. And he's extremely good at free throw shooting. Yeah, high percentage free throw shooting. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, a and good. he's a good person too, which is huge today now, in Portland. Now the other uh, kind of separate headline is the reemergence of Brandon Roy as a Timberwolf. Yes. Uh, what what are your feelings about that, and uh, and how do you w- look at the chances of his success? Um, well, I definitely wish Brandon the best. Um, he's. It, it's you know it's a really it's a tough place to be it, you know he's I think everything except his knees are one hundred percent ready to play NBA basketball right and the question is will those knees hold up at all right so I mean for the Timberwolves to get him give him a shot I think that's great and if he feels that he can do that and fulfill his contract I think that's great Mr. Allen chose to use the amnesty clause to get rid of Brandon. Right. So, which his hands were kind of tied. His hands were sort of tied in that scenario. But on the flip side of it, too, if we're if we're really trying to compete for a championship, Brandon Roy with half knees, yeah, and that contract Would that he can. had is not going to allow us to win a championship. Right. So. With Brand, like, Brandon Roy with a with a three to five million dollar contract, i.e., what he's getting from the Timberwolves, or rough, you know, I mean, yeah. two thirds of that even, then he would be, you know, maybe worth it as a backup yeah. to come off the bench and hit some big shots. For for a shout out to Roy, I'm gonna play a a clip of one of my favorite moments in Blazer history, and uh, the listeners can listen, but uh, we'll get the visual here. So. Yep. That cuts the lead down to 11. Brandon Roy, a jumper over Dirk. That's not easy to do. The lead down to nine. Could this thing possibly happen? Brandon Roy starting to fade away. Yeah, that cuts the lead down to seven. Less than four to go. Jason Terry outside. Oh, the lead's back to 10 now. 80 to 70, and Dallas in control once again. But Brandon Roy all the way to the rack for the lefty lay, and that cuts the lead down to six. The lead is at four. Brandon Roy outside. It's a two, not a three. 
That cuts the lead down to two. Brandon Roy had 18 in the fourth quarter, but Sean Marion pushing that lead back to four. The lead at four. Brandon Roy with the three and the foul. He's a hero in Oregon. That ties the game up at 82 after he makes the free throw. That, my friends, is winning right there. The Trailblazers bench thrilled with the play. Less than a minute to go. B-Roy one more time calling glass and using it. And the Trailblazers go up 84-82. Seven seconds to go. Roy one more time. He misses. And on the other end, Jason Terry for the three and the win. But it's off back Iron Portland outscores the Mavericks huge in the fourth. They were down 18 going into the quarter. They win it by two. They outscore them by 20 in the fourth quarter and win it 84-82 to even the series at two games apiece. All right. So that moment for me kind of sold the legend of Brandon Roy as a historical blazer. Definitely. I, I remember it like the, you know. And I mean, we go out and lose the next game. We do, but <laughs> and and what do we do after that? We lost. We, we, we lost lose the, the series. Yeah. The next game after that, right? But <laughs> but uh, to tie it up and be down, and I mean, it it really shows the kind of character of the city that we want to believe in. Yeah, that w- no matter what, there's still a chance. Fight, fight, fight. Exactly. And now, the the fans after that game, I've never seen them like that. It was crazy. I was hugging. I, I randomly bought a single ticket to that game. I was there by myself, and wow. I was hugging the people around there me. You go. No, everybody met everybody. Everybody was friends. Yeah. It, it really shows what the Trailblazers uniquely can do with this city and bringing people together that in no other way and would have anything in common at all except that they're you know geographically located near and, each other. Right, and they, uh, nobody left. Like you'll no. see, uh, the New York Knicks the next night yeah. had a amazing comeback. They lose, but right. it was it was a battle, right? And the stands were empty by the fourth quarter. Uh-huh. And so the fact that no matter what the scoreboard says, Blazer fans stick around. Exactly. And and I think that's important. I think that's something the Timbers are looking for out yes. of the city. Mm-hmm. Is you know even if we're down, even if the points show that we can't make the playoffs, come to the games. Yell as loud as you can, and we'll try to pull out a win. Exactly. So because you might win today, and there's a chance you could win today. Yeah. And if you're there to see the product today, and as long as you're trying as hard as you can, then you got you got yourself a good shot. Now, uh, when did you go to your uh, first Blazer game? Ooh, that would have been. I want to say. Spring of either ninety one or ninety two. Okay. Uh, Blazers playing the Washington Bullets. Okay. It was a, it was a gift from my grandparents, a Christmas gift. So uh, the whole family went and everything. So yeah, it was either ninety one or ninety two. Wow, which uh, one of those years they go to the uh, finals? Yeah, yeah. So it was. I want to say I, I'm leaning towards ninety two, but it sure as heck could have been 91 okay <laughs> <laughs> and it was just one game that i was there for it you know it was a coliseum and that's you know back in the day when if you didn't have season tickets to get individual game tickets you had to wait in the line on a specific day when they sold them or you didn't get tickets or you had to spend an insane amount for them right huh so it's not quite like today where there's you know three or four main outlets plus season ticket holders to get tickets through so yeah it was a process and uh i was uh, very excited about it and then 
Subsequently, uh, went to see with my grandfather every year after that the Knicks and the Blazer game every year until I think oh four oh five, and then I started coming to more myself. Right, and so when did you uh, pick up your first uh, season ticket package? Uh, in oh seven. In 2007. Yeah. And were you in the similar area to where your seats are now? Uh, I was in four different sections, so I was trying to kind of keep costs down, which, you know, is kind of a good thing to do. And so uh, I was in four different sections, so I'd sort of alternate, you know, some good games were down low, somewhere up in the 300 level. I was in the 200, and then two different sections in the 100 level. Huh. So they actually split up the games. Yeah, it was like four quarter season packages, and Uh then that was with... There were two of those, and then uh, (laughs) two uh, uh, people doing that, so we sort of split between them. Okay, and then uh, when did you finally make the official move down to your spot there behind the uh, free throw area? Uh, In 2008, I was there, yeah. Okay. That's when I started full-time there. I was in, in 2007, I was there a quarter of it was in that seat. Okay. And then I fell in love with that seat, and then I was hooked. You were hooked. Now, yeah. when did you start uh, branding the free throw guy on the uh, the front of your T-shirt? On the front of the T-shirt? That would have been <laughs> Christmas Day 2008. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think – I don't think I went to that game. I went to the uh, – We were playing Denver that night. Yeah, I went to the Denver game on the 21st, I think. Oh, uh, the 23rd. That would have been the year after. Okay. That would have been 08. When we had the s- huge snowstorm? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been 23rd, I'm pretty sure, and that would have been 08. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, okay, so then you, on Christmas Day, you chose, now, uh, when was the first time you noticed or heard from friends that you got some type of uh, television airtime or that your your sh- shirt was standing out? Uh, that night, I mean, it was on the, it, I mean, there was no common commentary or anything like super, but there was definitely a shot pretty wide shot and me sort of doing my thing trying to and it was more like oh i think you were on there right right so i you know of course found a tape of the game and watched it i was like oh yeah there i am for you know like a second maybe or something but i was like all right that's kind of cool you know but like i didn't really the tv aspect of it didn't even really like click other than it was like all right you know everybody can be on the TV for a quarter of a second, you know? Right. So yeah. I, it was, co- it was cool to be on there, but it wasn't anything like ultra, ultra now, uh, special. M- my, my favorite part of your routine, if yes. you will, is when you take credit for the, f- the foul shot miss <laughs> or you point, I don't know if you're officially taking credit, but you're pretty happy. Well, I, okay. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of a, a misnomer. Uh, <laughs> people, people maybe think that I am, I phrase this well uh there's a difference in my effects on the free throws and my celebration of them missing okay so do I think I have an effect on certain people at certain times yes does that diminish every single time they shoot a free throw yes because it's the more you see it the less it's going to work on you. Right. As well as the further you go in the game, there's other players that obviously are like, oh, that's happening. So, you know, it diminishes. Yeah. But celebrating when they miss, whether I do it or not, that is 100% all the time. I am down to celebrate when they miss. That's nice. Okay. Okay. So, so, so yeah. So, it's not necessarily <laughs> – I mean, sometimes I do think – 
and sometimes I can tell that mm-hmm. there are certain players where I do affect them. Yeah, there's and a little there's a little head nod I've seen yeah, sometimes where it's like uh, Yeah, and then there's you know, and then there's the other ones where they're gonna miss regardless and then right. I'm just stoked they're missing. Right. The, if if Shaquille O'Neal steps to the line, you don't right. really if think you shoot fifty percent, <laughs> you're gonna shoot fifty percent. You know, it's it's dropping to forty seven or forty eight's not big. You right. Know? Yeah. But if you shoot say seventy five percent and then you drop to sixty seven, that's now these Much are better. um so I assume you have a pair of tickets down there. Do you do you have any uh requirement for your your neighboring seat mate there or uh, uh well I mean every game it's 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 different so uh <laughs> different people different things and uh so when uh when people feel like they want to participate then I support that 100%. Okay. So they can get up, they can try to Oh, they can do. The I the the more people that participate and the more fans that want to get, you know, behind behind what? the team, I want everybody doing it. Okay, you know, I want every. I mean, it's not just like oh, it's me. No, it's it's because everyone else that I feel. I mean, there's a lot of cool people down where I sit by. A lot of cool people. Right. But they definitely view it from a. You know, most of them are late thirties through fifties. You know. So they view it more like a golf tournament okay. where <laughs> where they're celebrating maybe maybe like the Ryder Cup that was on, you know, like there's definitely fans supporting and yelling at appropriate times, but it not all the time. Right. And where I come at it from maybe more of a, a, a football or soccer standpoint of 100 percent support 100 percent of the time and a lot of passion behind it. And, yeah. And then and uh, is it is it just me or does uh, Paul Allen sometimes sit down in front of that section? He actually doesn't sit in front of my section. He sits in 118, so to my left-hand side. But he sits 20 feet from me. Whenever he's at the game, he sits 20 feet from me. Now, have you ever seen any recognition of him towards you? Or he is, I mean, he's given me several high fives when I walk over to 119 to like get the player high fives when they're leaving. Nice. And he has also turned around while he was in his seat and given me a thumbs up, and I gave him a thumbs up and a little salute. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I mean... I don't want to speak for Mr. Allen or anybody on his behalf, but he definitely is in control of the situation. So if he was really against what I did or what I do, it would have been shut down a long time ago. Okay. So it, it I don't want to say that he's actively supporting me. He doesn't pay me. I don't get compensated in any way, but I'm also not hindered in any way. It's just sort of, you do your thing. I mean, I pay for my tickets. I don't get an extra discount or anything like that. <laughs> the free throw guy discount. <laughs> yeah, no, there is the, the non-existent discount. It's f- full price. No you know? free hot dogs. No, nothing. So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, as far as that standpoint, I mean, I'm, I'm just a regular season ticket holding fan, and I just do what I do. Right. And he seems to be okay with it. Now, uh, what have you had any funny or interesting interactions with the players? Uh, has has any been more supportive or uh, thought it w- what you were doing was funny? Or yeah, I mean, most most of the players are are pretty down. Uh, the longer the players stay here, the better it is because they they know the whole routine, and you can sort of see like every season like there's always like one guy that's on the bench that's been there a year before and like the rookies come in and like, or new free agents and they see me doing the thing and you can see him and it, what, this was Marcus Camby's job the last, like before we traded him. 
it was all right like i'm going to explain like what's going on here and like you're going to watch and you're going to see him do this thing and then you're going to see the guy miss <laughs> and then you're going to look at this guy and you're going to be like what <laughs> and then you can see cammy explain this to these other players and then the other players like watch this watch that watch that they're like no <laughs> yeah like that that just happened <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and then, so camby was definitely you know one of the more uh receptive and patty mills was great too okay and, i was wondering if he he seems like the type that would yeah enjoy. yeah um and patty stayed out by where i stayed at so i'd see him you know not all the time but fairly frequently okay out, you know so it was just you know, i'd see him at the store and stuff so it was a, kind of a is he back on an american team or yeah he, he plays for san antonio okay uh -huh. okay Spur, oog. Yeah, but as far as I'm concerned, I <laughs> good luck. I say go, Patty. Yeah, go, Patty Mills, man. He's uh, he yeah, I liked. He was a fun guy, man. I I, I oh, he's be. I mean, he's exactly what the NBA needs. Yeah, yeah. He's he was a lot of fun. Um, so so there are some. So what is your impression of Lamarcus Aldridge? Uh, do you think he's he's the the real deal? The the guy that can can carry this franchise, or are we putting a little too much on his shoulders? I think that uh, if LA gets a quality number two right around him, I think that uh, LA is going to be very very effective. If we can, if that can be Nick or Wes or Lillard, awesome. If right. that can't, then we need a solid second, op you know, offensive op chance on every single play. And it needs to be someone that plays off of L.A., not another four. J.J. Hickson, good, but and he can play off of, you know, L.A.'s more of a pick and pop. Right. And J.J. Hickson's more of, you know, a kind of get to the rim, rebound kind of thing. So that's good that it can play off of each other. But we need basically, and I, this sounds really bad, but what we need is Brandon Roy before his knees went out. Right, and that's until we get a two guard that we can isolate at the top and run a pick and roll with a two guard and a power forward. It's probably not going to be championship. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that we can't get good and have Lillard run the point and Lillard score twenty twenty five a night. It doesn't mean that it can't happen. It just means that, that it'll be a tougher road. L.A. playing forty to forty five minutes a night. And L.A. scoring 25 to 30, you know, averaging, say, even 23, 24 a night. That's great for L.A., but the next highest score is going to be, you know, 12, 12 to 14 or something. Right, and it needs to be in it the needs, 20s. It needs to be in, the, you know, 19, 18. Yeah. So, so there's that second option that's there no matter what. So it doesn't have to be L.A. all the time. Now, I know he's not going to be ready for the uh – uh it's uh for the uh, opening season over the beginning of it, but uh, do you think Dwight Howard on the Lakers is going to make a big deal for us, a big difficulty coming up on this season, or do you think it's just another quote unquote Miami kind of thing? <laughs> Let's see. I think I might have rendered you mute. Let's see. Let's try this here. The uh the cables I have to replace them. <laughs> this is unedited Portland at its best. Hold on one second. That's what you hit the switch. 
It's fine, man. It's unedited Portland, man. It's uh, I, I'll either get a phone call or I'll have an issue with the cables. I, I don't mind. I think it uh, it, it gives this podcast character. Oh, did did something happen there? I'm sorry. I'm back now. <laughs> sorry. I know. Yeah. All right. Hey, we're we're back live, right? <laughs> that was uh, Dwight Howard taking a free throw. He had to, he had to take a break to try to block that. Free yeah. Throw. There was some, I I went to Los Angeles very quickly. Something about Dwight was it? <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I'm a little nervous about the Lakers this year. Um, I'm excited that Dwight's not. I mean, I don't want the guy to be hurt. Like that's sad. But uh, I'm personally, ex- I think Dwight will be playing when we play on the 31st. The Lakers open the night before. I don't think he'll play that night, and I think Dwight will probably play. Really? Says, yeah. So if he doesn't, awesome. But if he does, you know, and I, I really think the Lakers are, you know, top two or. Th- I mean, I don't like the Lakers in any way, shape, or form, but I think they're top two or three in the West right. rec- record wise. Right. And then, I mean, we still have Oklahoma city Correct. to deal with. And, uh, and I mean, a lot of people obviously say San Antonio is going to fall off in San Antonio prototypical. They start off slow. All-star break happens. And then they win like 18 straight. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's the same old. Yeah. Popovich is like, Oh, we're 500. No, we're not. We just won 17 in a row. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think we've covered, we got, we got your story. You're from Portland. You live in Portland. Yep. You love your Blazers. I do. Um, I guess this is the uh, the final portion of this podcast is the fastest in popularity growing game, Questions with Mikkel. Okay. So what I have for you is a Blazer-oriented series of questions here, and uh, I just need you to give me the best answer you have. All right. Uh, if you get one wrong, the game ends. Okay. We'll plug anything. I don't know if you have Twitter accounts or websites or whatnot or favorite sporting events, and then I'll ask my arbitrary question. Okay. Which famously was gotten right for the first time on my last podcast. Okay. Yeah, most of the time it's 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 for you to get wrong. Okay. I can feel good about myself. Good. In this podcast good. and let everyone go home. So, All right. Uh, so here we go. This All is right. questions with Mikkel. Question number one. This is uh, Blazers lore. So, what team did the Trailblazers beat for their only championship in 1977? That is the Philadelphia 76ers it, in six games. In six games, four to two. Correct. Yeah, yeah good job. All right. And uh, can I just also add that we won on June 5th, 1977. That's solid. That's solid. Wow. Okay. Can maybe throw out 3.14 p.m., something like that, but I don't <laughs> quote me on the time. Don't quote, the don't time. quote me on the time. T- time of death for the 76ers, 3.14 p.m. All right. Well, that's hmm. good. Question one is Here, correct. Can I throw out one other thing? Do you know who... Can I ask you a question? <laughs> okay, go ahead. This okay. is this is sorry. I'm gonna flip it. I'm gonna flip it on you. <laughs> Who scored the last point for the Blazers uh, in um, that game, Game Six? Bill Walton. That's incorrect. It's Maurice Lucas. Oh and man! It was, a, it was a free throw. That's why I wanted to throw that. <laughs> it's a free throw. Continue. Nice. One that you would not have uh, stood up for and waved at. I would have just cheered after it went in. After it went in. Good Correct. job. Good job. I'm, All right. Question number two, sir. Question number two. That's good. That's good. One one down, one more. Uh, what town is the Blazers training and practice facility located? Uh, it is located in Tualatin, Oregon. Yeah, Tualatin. It's kind of an interesting spot. Like They, they wanted it outside of the city, I take it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a period of time where most uh, most of the players live in the Clackamas County area, Lake Oswego extended area. Oh, okay. So, excuse me, having uh, you know less than a fifteen minute drive 
to the practice facility, I think has been beneficial. Very beneficial. Okay. And you don't have to deal with as much, or at least when it started, as much traffic. Right. You know, to do so. Okay. That's interesting. That's good. Two for two. Final question. And this one's going to be the toughest, I think. But so far, you've seemed to uh, knock them out of the park. Do you know who sold the Trailblazers franchise to Paul Allen in 1988? Tough one. California real estate developer. I hope I get his last name right. Because it's one of two, and I want to say it's Larry Larry Weinberg. It is Larry Weinberg, my friend. Good okay. job, dude. <laughs> he was the original owner of the Trailblazers. Yes. Okay. Oh, he yeah. was original. Okay. I believe so. I, but I'm glad I said Weinberg. Yeah, that is correct, man. Yeah. All right. Well, nice job. You definitely know your Blazers. Um, if people are fans of you, outside of uh, watching you at a Blazers home game, how can people get in touch with you or follow you? or? Uh, well, you can follow my Twitter, at Blazers. FTG. Okay, free throw guy. Uh-huh. Okay. Or you can get me at Rob Free Throw Guy on Facebook. On Facebook. All right, man. Well, um I really appreciate you coming in. Um before we clean this up, of course, this is Unedited Portland. Yes. At unedited.portland.com, available from Knowledge Multimedia, which I made up. Okay, that's my <laughs> that's my call sign. I like I, I I try to keep this thing as dorky as possible. It's uh it's how we roll. So, final question. And like I said, this is normally for you to get wrong. Okay. So don't feel too bad. Okay. But what is the best food to get in the Rose Garden Arena during a Blazer game? Best food to get in the Blazers home arena, the Rose Garden. Wow. I know. It's tough. Is there a, is there a time frame on this? I mean, I mean are, <laughs> oh, my goodness. The best food. Best food. I mean, they d- there's only one place that serves it still, and it's at the North End, and I love their ribs. Oh, that's good. That's a good answer. It's like a three to four little riblet kind of thing, but it's a full, I mean, it's off of a baby back. So. That's good. That's a solid answer. I'm sorry, though, it's incorrect. What is the correct answer? The answer is a pulled pork sandwich from the 300 level. God. Pulled pork sandwich. Thank you again, Rob. I hope you have a great day, man. Thank you. Have a good one. Why worry if you never go astray? Why worry if you want no gain? Why worry, why worry?